All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Wednesday night Adafruit show and tell. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're broadcasting here from the Adafruit factory. Are you stuck at home? Everything canceled? Nowhere to go out? Well, stay in and watch and maybe even participate in the show and tell. Everybody is welcome. Come on by. We're here for the next 25 minutes. We're going to check in with people from around the Adafruit community, some Adafruit team members, as well as people making cool projects. I want to show them off. That's right. There's plenty of time to watch the news and uh, prepare and all the things you got to do. But this is the time that we set aside each week to uh, come together. We've been doing this for 10 years. Uh, one of the things we wanted to do is have a way for everyone around the world to show their project, no matter what's going on. So From the safety of their homes. Yeah. So uh, join us here. Uh, keep in mind, we will be doing this every single week. Uh, pretty forever. much we've done it for 10 years pretty much forever yeah. um, and one of the things uh, that we'll talk about tonight and on our shows and more is how we do this because we want a lot of other people to start using these tools so if they're isolated and they're working from home a lot right now they can do this too so we're using a service called streamyard check it out it's very easy we're a moderator in streamyard so as people come in we're able to add them to the show and they're able to show their projects and then we move on to the next person so very exciting. Let's do it. Speaking of which, let's kick it off with Melissa. Hello. I do have something hey, that can show. I put together this little robot with a clue here, and it it was based on John Park's little buggy code here, but I can go ahead and connect to it with my phone using the Blue Fruit Connect app, and it just connects to it. And then I can, all, uh, for one thing, I can change the color of the lights on here. Can you see it? No. No. There okay. we go. Okay, I can like turn it blue or whatnot. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, and then I can also drive the controller with the control pad here. Yeah. I can stop it. I can have it actually turn in place, which is code I added. Or I can um, turn while going forward. That's great. It's so, so cute. All, and that's all just driven with CircuitPython. Okay. All right. Well, that's a lovely little project. Maybe we'll write it up at some point and people can get yeah. that from you. Yeah. So it's a clue. Yeah. And what's the name of the robot? Uh, this is the Bitbucky. Um, yeah, both of these are available through Adafruit.com. Yay. All right. Well, CircuitPython controlled Bluetooth robots. They're here. Here to stay. Yeah, All right. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for coming by and showing off what you're working on. Cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Next up, Brian. Brian also has some stuff. Hey, Brian. So let's show your screen. I am sharing it. You guys got it there? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I have been working on uh, drivers for the ICM 2948, and it's a bit of a tricky one. So every once in a while, when you're writing drivers, you actually have to look at the I squared C traffic to figure out what's happening. Often, all look at a working library and see how it's, you know, what traffic it's sending and try and duplicate that. Um, so on here, here's an example of um, some traffic that we've logged out. So we, we uh, put some essentially print statements into our um, S squared C helper library. Uh, so it just spits out every time there's a read or a write. Now, this is all hexadecimal, not meaningful to most humans. Um, I've been staring at the stuff for long enough that I recognize a bunch of this stuff, like this is a bank change and other stuff. But I am also human, so I like to make it easy on myself. So I wrote a little thing. Yay, that humans. Will, yay, humans, yay. Um, sometimes I don't feel like one, but whatever. Um, 
so yeah, I wrote a little thing to decode this for me and give me some actual human readable names. So let's give it a go. So go it's called gradualdecoder.py, and I believe I have a ICM log.csv. So uh, this is the type of output I get. Um, I, oh, that's nice. It's got reason rights. It's got the name of the register that's being written to or read from. Um, I can detect when it's doing a write to set up a read, so I change what that's printing out. Um, so yeah, this is super handy. Uh, it is a lot easier to grok to human readable things, even if it's still got some binary and hex in there, than it is to do it entirely in hex. So, Good stuff. Yeah, um, that was fun. Yeah, I, I end up having to dump all of the registers into Excel and then pull them out in CSVs and stuff. So you can, um, that's not right. Anymore. So cat, right. bang, zero at CSV. So yeah, this is the example of the type of data it's working from. Yep, there that you go. Makes it easier for humans. Yay. Yay, yeah. humans. All right, well, nice work, Brian. Brian. All right, next up, Brent. Hello. Hello, I also have things. Um, we have IoT things as usual. So um, previously, we were only able to use CircuitPython connectivity with um, Wi-Fi or LoRaWAN or Lora. We kind of went in reverse or BLE. And as of last week, we now have it with Ethernet. So um, we're going to get really bad glare. So I'm running the CheerLights example. And that lets you tweet uh, hashtag CheerLights and then a color on Twitter. And it's not showing up really well on camera. Yeah. Camera's blowing out, but it's like a pale pink color. Okay. But it works with our Ethernet Featherwing, and it works with our Ethernet Shield, and it will soon work with all of – it works with Adafruit CircuitPython requests, which is like a request-like library that you can do HTTP interfacing, and then you can soon do MQTT as of tomorrow. Um, so it's way quicker. You don't need to connect to your Wi-Fi access point. You don't need to deal with – is my is the Wi-Fi access point at my school constrained? Does it have a login page? None of that. You just plug in a wire and it works. Wires. Wires. The best. All right. Well, everyone, check it out. There's a new guide that you wrote yep. about using Ethernet with CircuitPython. A lot of people have tried it out. More people should try it out. Send bug reports if they have any questions or issues. Absolutely. All right. Thank All right, you, Brent. All right. All right. Next up, Ann. Hi, Ann. How are you? I uh, completed my uh, learning system guide using the brightwearables.com bag. You can It uh, changes the lights, kind of an ambulite uh, kind of effect, and you can change uh, images like a slideshow um, on the this screen. So uh, it's a very cute wearable. There's no soldering or anything, and it's very easy to code. So uh, the guide's up in the Adafruit learning system if you'd like to try something out. And uh, I'm moving on. I'm going to take that clue and put it on the Cricut, which we've normally been using for Microbit. And uh, uh, the clue will allow us to uh, display what's going on on Cricut. And uh, it kind of amps up some of the uh, uh, robotics projects that we've already displayed on, on Cricut. So uh, look for that in uh, the next week or so. It's so cool because it's like the clue has the same pinout as the micro bit. And so we didn't, we didn't try it with the bright wearables and it just like, you know, we plugged it in and it pretty much just worked, which was awesome. 
Yeah, so I mean, we got the micro bit. I can just, I don't want to take my, my clue out, but um, yeah, uh, it, this compatibility is great. Uh, I know Bright Wearables is loving it. They've written some Bluetooth uh, changing purses and proximity. Um, so clue is wonderful. All right, sweet. Thanks. And, and then uh, that guide is live and more guides coming soon using clue with CircuitPython and robotics coming up next. Yes. Rad. Okay, cool. All right, next up. Scott, what are you up to? Hello. Uh, if you've been paying attention uh, for the last few weeks, I've been working on sleeping. Uh, CircuitPython used to just let the CPU run and run and run and run and run, even if you were so well rested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not well rested at all. Um, so I've been working on making it so that when you hit sleep, the CPU will stay powered, but it will stop running. So the clock to the CPU will actually stop. Um, it's a bit tricky because the we keep track of internal time using a, a clock that is on the CPU. So uh, a lot of the work is actually moving all the things that use that off onto different ways of keeping track of time, depending on whether they need like super accurate time, like pulse in or not accurate time at all. Um, so <laughs> uh, what I have here is uh, this is Grafana. It's a really easy to use uh, charting example. And uh, one thing I like, and the reason that I'm using this rather than IO is that it doesn't connect every dot. Um, so you can see that like the first left-hand side there is one run of this circuit playground on the tiny battery, the 105 milliamp. Um, and you can see that it took, I don't know, like two horizontal ticks. Now it's still been running since the 10th is when I started this next one. And you can see the graph is much, much, much uh, slower uh, which means that uh, hopefully we're going to see, I don't know, I, I said 10 in my update last week and I was like, oh, that's a bit, a bit optimistic, but I think it's on the order of like four to six uh, X improvement in battery life uh, where this is only, it's sleeping for a minute and then waking up and, and reading two things and then broadcasting it and then going back to sleep. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that uh, recently and the hope is that we can enable more uh, Hope maybe solar powered stuff. Uh, Bill is to blame for that. I ordered. I have an order coming tomorrow with solar panels, which will be interesting. And then um, the other thing I want to hopefully enable is like a conference badge that runs off a battery for a few days. Um, we're not really talking about like years of battery life at this point, uh, but this is going to be a really good foundation for even more power optimization in the future. Yeah, and a lot of it is like, how do you do the power optimization in CircuitPython where it's you know, having a scripting language, it makes it a little bit different. You know, we have the autosave, we have mass storage, we have audio playback happening in the background. So it's not trivial. It isn't like, right. you know, we can't just set like the register and say, bye. Like a lot of things will be left hanging. We want to make sure that when we come out of sleep, everything is restarted properly. Yeah, in this case that I'm working on now, I think there's another world where we could... Um, to get really low power, you basically turn everything off except for the the main clock and the pin watcher. Um, that's how you get really low, really long battery life. And I think we could do that with CircuitPython by just basically saying, when your code.py code is done, we're done. Uh, but we'll restart after a certain amount of time or based on an event. And then your code, like you'll pay a higher cost to get everything going again, um, but that the cost you pay when you're not doing anything will be much, much lower, uh, which is where you actually spend most of your time. So 
it's been fun. It's been interesting. And we have four ports that we now support. So it's uh, been a like, okay, how do I do this on NRF? How do I do this on SAMD? How do I do it on IMX? How do I do it on STM? Uh, which has been really interesting. Uh, so yeah. Okay. The one, one other thing I should, uh, somebody asked me how uh, working from home is going. Uh, for those of you who know I'm in Seattle and, and COVID is around and we're asked to stay isolated. Um, but as I said, uh, I've worked from home for a long time for three year, three plus years for Adafruit now. So uh, that's not too bad. Uh, but one thing I want to do to actually make this a bit better for myself and others, hopefully, is I'm thinking about streaming this weekend. So keep an eye on the blog. And I'll actually have this project that is unrelated to sleep that I'm actually anxious to get back to, which is uh, a firmware for all Adafruit boards, uh, SAMD51, IMX, and higher based on tiny USB that acts as a very, um, not super great, but good enough uh, logic analyzer for Yay. Signal. So yeah, it'll be really cool. You Basically, what you'll be able to do is drag and drop a UF2 for tiny logic friend is what I'm calling it. And then you'll you'll fire up SIGROC and it will connect. It will tell you what all the pins are. And you can connect signals to those pins to get like, you know, an I squared C 400 kilohertz two pin sort of bus on there easily for debugging like Brian was showing earlier. All right. Well, yeah. I think that'll be super handy. And yeah, we have a great online community uh, come on by if we do streams, you know, Discord, we have all the time. Mm -hmm. Everyone can visit, you want to take a break and hang out by the cyber water cooler, uh, pick up some tips. And we also posted um, a whole bunch of other Discords that we are members of. All of them are very active and a fun place to hang out and learn stuff and meet new people. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. All right. Next up, let's go to JP. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey. So I have egg updates. Um, I've okay. been working working on egg drop projects using the clue. So uh, typical uh, physics class type of projects with um, dropping eggs and creating different landing vehicles. So I have a guide that just came out uh, today. This is uh, the vehicle that I created for the guide, uh, which is a really simple rubber bands and balloons uh, contraption. And I used my board to verify the g-forces of the impact before I put the egg in there, uh, which saves me from smashing a bunch of eggs on the way. Um, in fact, here's the new version I'm working on, which is a cardboard box and rubber band variant. Uh, and you can see there, that's what the egg looks like when it has had a, a super high impact. So I, I actually had it slamming against the lid by accident with this one. Um, but the you can see here, let me try to get that to focus. Um, we can hit a button and it resets it and we get a little happy egg. Uh, and this is one that's actually proving to be uh, pretty effective. Uh, I've, I've tried it with and without bubble wrap, but um, essentially we get enough um, sort of uh, uh, energy dissipated in the rubber bands uh, flexing when, when the box impacts the ground that we don't have a super sudden shock on the, on the egg or in this case on the clue. Um, so I'll add this, uh, a, a little write-up of this once I've had a couple more tweaks to it, um, to that guide so that people can try it with different materials. And then um, you can also go online. I included a video in the guide of uh, a few other examples, about four or five really effective strategies for uh, okay. saving the lives of eggs. Save the lives of eggs. Yeah. We love eggs. And we'll see you on your show tomorrow. Yeah, come by the show tomorrow. I'll be doing something different uh, involving plants. 
Okay, so tune in. Tune in and, and, and learn what that's all about. All right, next up, now I'm Pedro. Hello. Hey, hey, what's up, folks? Um, yeah, so uh, this weekend we actually put together an overview video for Adafruit I.O. So we put together some demos. Um, let's go ahead and which one? So I want to share this screen here so we can show our, our little dashboard. And I, I came up with a couple of dashboards real quick. I want to show you kind of like just really simple uh, servo control. So let's see if we can. Can you see that, Pedro? Yeah. Okay. Can you see that? So yeah. there's the thing. Um, I have it set to 30. So let's say we want it like a 140 or something. Hey. And we can go back down. Easy. So that's a really simple. Yeah, really simple, really easy to set up. It's really a testament to, to show how quick and easy it is to set up. It's very fast. Um, yeah. And then the next one. Uh, is the environmental uh, monitor. So uh, this is a, a handful of, uh, of sensors and it's running off the ESP32, or actually the ESP8. Uh, oh gosh, is it the, the 8266? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, um, so Peter's holding it right there. Uh, we 3D printed a little um, stand for the doubler wing. Um, so that helped us kind of just kind of prop it up there. Um, so it's taking readings. These are real data you can see um, on my little line chart here when we took it outside. Outside, it's a little bit hotter than it is inside. And um, we're just tracking lots of different values there. Um, and this just looks like a really nice dashboard with all these awesome icons typography. Okay. So, Thank yeah. you. Wanna, uh, we'll have the video in the show. And then come by next so, week if you want to show more. We're going to get to a bunch of people who came by. Sure. Okay. And check out the video. The video is amazing. Yep. All right. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next up, Phil B. Want to oh, glitter us up? Yeah, hey, uh, I got NeoPixel stuff going on, of course, the usual. Um, we have a library, uh, Adafruit NeoPixel Zero DMA, which uses DMA to update NeoPixels without stopping the CPU, so you can have you know more uh, buttery animation stuff. However, that library has been like very out of date. We've had a lot of new boards, and it was really hit or miss whether it worked with new boards. So I have been going through it and updating it for a lot of new boards. So watch for version 1.2, uh, probably tomorrow. Um, humorous anecdote, you know, uh, DMA for NeoPixel, it only works on certain pins on each board and the pins are different on every board. And it's this horrible process of sorting out which pins to use. Uh, I looked at the job as, oh, this is going to take me hours, maybe all day. So I thought, what would Lady Ada do? She would write a script to do this. So that's what I did. I wrote a Python script to take care of this task for me. It only took me three days. So uh, anyway, uh, got it resolved and we'll have new code. I think tomorrow I'll update the guide and it now supports 21 different boards instead of four or five. So that's the good news. More NeoPixels. That's right. Don't forget everybody, if you've got a SAMD 21 or 51, we have DMA support for NeoPixels. So you're, mm -hmm. you have tons of memory on those chips too. So yeah. that can still be yeah. for- so You can do much more buttery animation. Mm, butter. Yeah. All right, thanks, Phil B. Bringing the yeah. butter. All right, next Sophie, up, and Sophie. And Drew and Helen, and I'll take us all the way to the end. Hi. Hey, Sophie. Hey, Sophie. I'm working on a big prop for the costume that I'm making right now. This is a small little prototype of it. It's gonna be this big um, glowing green orb. It'll actually be this big, but um, I want to have NeoPixels glowing inside it. So I started to mill some PCBs and they're actually working. I'm so excited. So basically I want to make tiling 
um, milled PCBs that I can connect together to make like um, like a tetrahedron or some kind of like orb shape that has lights on all sides. So they'll connect, you know, kind of like that. Um, but this is my first time milling a PCB and soldering these tiny 50-50 just bare neopixels. And I'm so excited it's actually working. So I did two and I've just connected them together just to make sure that when I put them together, these connections are all correct. And yeah, they're working. Congratulations. It's a it's a big thing. You can, you're now a manufacturer. You're ma manufacturing PCBs. Um, they look beautiful. And uh, congratulations on getting those LEDs glowing. It's a great feeling. All right, Sophie, I knew you could do it. All right, we're looking forward. Come back with your prop as you're doing more of it because you always got amazing oh, props. Yeah. All right, thanks, Sophie. Okay, last but not least, Drew and Helen. Hello. Hi. Two minutes and we <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, Hi. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so um, everything I made this week kind of failed, um, but there was great learning in it. Um, I made this, uh, the new version of this uh, like embroidered cracker box analog synth that I've been making. And I've been, it's really hard to solder um, thread onto chip legs. Um, mm. Um, at, in a workshop setting. So we've made this um, little flex PCB, like a little breakout board that allows you to sew. Uh, you can't really zoom out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so on. But um, it turns out that if you don't use the teardrop plugin on KiCad, that flex just kind of breaks, the traces break if you flex it too much. So I spent a really long time embroidering something and then broke um, halfway through, which was kind of upsetting. But, but you learned a lot. Lesson learned, absolutely. Use teardrop plugins on KiCad. Um, so okay. we're doing like sewable um, PCBs, and we'll once they work nicely, we'll um, put them on GitHub for. All right, yay! Yeah. So other people can learn from your strategy. And yeah. uh, this is um, this is a board that I designed uh, based on a series of videos from uh, Chris Gamble that teaches you how to use KiCad called Getting the Blinky. Um, so this is kind of the version I came up with. Um, and for people that uh, bought tickets to the Open Hardware Summit, um, it's going to be held virtually, but we are still going to send out the goodie bags to people. Um, and this is one of the items in the goodie bag, um, and it comes with a, a kit of parts from DigiKey. Um, and people can either use those parts and design their own circuit board or just practice surface mount soldering and uh, solder onto this board, which I haven't finished soldering yet. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure you'll talk about it and ask an engineer, but um, everything's going to be online on Friday. Um, we use StreamYard, and people can just go to the Open Harbor Summit website and watch all the talks, stream live, and chat about it in Discord. Yay! I know it's going to be it's going to be great. Everyone, we've got a great community, and we we yeah. have been a remote community for you know a decade. So I think I think it'll be fun. I think the Discord will be great. Yeah. yeah. So um, so some of the photos of the badge build, um, different uh, stages of it being manufactured. And then uh, we'll get the word out for the virtual open hardware summit. There's now a Discord server, which I think is going to uh, be a place where people can hang out all year long. Right. So in uh, times oh, wow. like this, there's always opportunities. Yeah, I can't imagine it like going anywhere else because there's a lot of people that want to connect up, anyways. So we'll see everybody in a few moments on Ask an Engineer, and we'll see a lot of you on Friday with uh, the hardware summit, and. We'll see All you right. next week on Show and Tell. Thank you, everybody. We're going to get ready for our next show. Thank you for coming by. Yep, we're here every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We've been doing the Show and Tell for a decade, bringing people around the world together, even if it's just a few minutes every single week. And what a better, what, there's no better time than now to start using some of these tools 
to show and share your projects. Yes, it's uh, people have, you know, if you have internet, you have a webcam, you can have uh, conferences. We do remote conference stuff all the time. Yep. All right. Okay. See you on Ask an Engineer. See you, everybody. Be here in five minutes. <laughs>